Welcome everyone to today's daily directional. These are navigational messages that help keep us pointed in the right direction. I'm Pastor Bethany, and I'm a learner, listener, and noticer of God. This podcast is a part of the Storytellers Collective. You can find us online at www.storytellerscollective.org. Well, good morning, friends. I am feeling so much better this week, and hopefully you can hear that in my voice. I didn't talk a lot about what was going on in real time with me, but for the last couple of weeks, I've been fighting influenza and then just the difficulty of coming back out of it, recovery out of that. And I am so grateful to be feeling absolutely 100% better today. So I hope that you all are staying healthy as well. And I hope that this is a good morning for you. Thanks for joining us. Today, we are jumping into James chapter five, and I will be reading verses one through six in the New International Version. This section, the heading for this section is warning to rich oppressors. Now listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who is not opposing you. Well, ugh, this is not a particularly uplifting piece of scripture for a Monday morning. I absolutely understand. But as with all scripture, we know and recognize that it is God-breathed, And it is therefore useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And the truth is, friends, there are plenty of warnings for us to heed. And this one is important. So whether or not you are struggling to make the rent this month, or feeling like you are rolling in plenty of cash, as Americans, we are among the richest people in the world. And the ways that we spend our money really do matter. The places and the practices we endorse through our purchases matter. So even here, the Lord is asking us to understand that we need to open our eyes, that we need to recognize that each and every decision of our lives is and can be one that either shows forth our commitment to kingdom values and to following Jesus, to the inherent worth and dignity of others, Or those same decisions can take advantage of others or feed into lives of self-centeredness and potentially things like excess luxury. Jesus in Matthew warns us, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. 
And the Apostle Paul warns us that the building materials that we choose to use in this life, metaphorically, of course, that they matter. He says, if anyone builds on this foundation, he's talking about on Jesus Christ, using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire. And the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. I've been thinking of another example, although it feels like it's typically used in a sort of different instance, but I think it's important and I do think it applies. I've been thinking of the story of Samuel anointing David as the next king of Israel. See, David's father, when Samuel arrived, brought out his older, tougher, presumably better looking sons before the prophet. And Samuel looks at each one of them and he thinks, yes, but God speaks to him in the process with that very, very first son. God says, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And eventually, this warning and wisdom from the Lord directs Samuel to Jesse's youngest son. He's one who's not even called originally because he was so far off in the fields tending the sheep. But do we hear it? Do we understand? Our God looks at things differently. He considers our lives differently from the culture around us. Instead of looking at outward appearances, God looks to the heart. So back to our passage for today, God's goal for us is to become his righteous ones. He wants to transform us into perfectly holy and mature followers. And part of this process involves learning a new set of priorities and practices. That not only involves our inner selves and our character, but also the way that we live and that we move within the world. Jesus desires us to be those who love our neighbors so well that we absolutely refuse to take advantage of anyone. He desires for us to be fair, to pay fair prices and refuse to cheat others out of what they deserve. He desires for us to care about the treatment of workers and to release the practice of hoarding excess. Jesus wants us to be generous, loving people who respect persons over things. He wants us to be content with what we have and to ask him when we don't have, rather than scheming and fattening ourselves on excess, rather than holding and hoarding. Now, these things are very hard to fight against, friends. Really hard. We live in a society as Americans that is built on luxury and excess. We're programmed to be consumers rather than makers, builders, and contributors. We have instant access to things like sugar, rich foods, and cheap clothing. Our consumeristic society is built upon the idea of getting the most of anything for the least amount of money or work. Our major brands and stores sacrifice quality and the fair treatment of workers sometimes in order to make larger profit margins. Their production practices often pollute the world rather than bettering it 
And plenty of items that we feel we must have for a comfortable life are those that come at a really high price to others around the globe. Just a few examples are chocolate, coffee, and plenty of our technology. And the hardest part of these things that I'm speaking about is the practices are so often mostly hidden. We don't know what we are supporting and promoting through our purchases all the time because the fair treatment of people starts and goes back so far in the supply chain, we don't see unless we take the time to care and to look into the practices. And unfortunately, friends, very deep within me, I feel as though even so, we are without excuse. See, God cares about all people and creation, our world and our environment. He's the protector of the poor and the innocent. He knows the best way to live. And it may feel uncomfortable and often like sacrifice. I know it doesn't look or feel glamorous and it doesn't get us ahead. But this kind of righteous life does look beyond the surface and into the heart of both people and business practices. It stretches out toward equity, love, and protection of the vulnerable. It refuses to remain at the top because like James taught us way back in chapter one, believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Psalm 103 tells us, The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. So friends, take heart today if you are feeling lumped in with those of whom someone is taking advantage. Our God is your defender. He works justice for you. And on the flip side, may we all stand forewarned that our God works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. So may we be careful not to take advantage. Friends, pray for each purchase that you make today, this week, in the coming months and years. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide your generosity and slow down. I know we don't wish misery on any one of us, but rather God wants joy and blessing to be extended and poured and lavished upon us. So may I pray for you and for me today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for the way that you teach us each and every day through your word, the way that your Holy Spirit is alive and vibrant in each one of us and ready to be our compass our navigation system to show us which way to go. Jesus, give us the kinds of hearts and souls that are tender to your movement and to a sense of your love. Give us eyes that see beauty in the people around us, the inherent worth and dignity of every single person on this globe. God, we need your help. We need your wisdom in how we spend our time and our resources and our money. And we want to be those who look out for the vulnerable. We want to be those who are careful not to take advantage of the innocent. But instead, Lord, help us to be full of your righteousness and your justice. Help us to treat people fairly, to pay people fairly, 
to be generous with who we are and what we have. Because we know that we are your children and that you promise to take care of us no matter what. Lord, bind us together in community as people who know how to love and care for other people. It is in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen.